Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Of course, in the news today, you can't help but miss the fact that US forces helping to rescue Afghans des- desperate to flee Taliban rule uh, braced for more attacks after Islamic State suicide bomber killed 85 people including 13 US soldiers outside the gates of Kabul airport. Now of course the Irish have got out well many of the Irish have got out as Simon Covey defended his rescue plan implemented this week uh, by the team of army rangers and diplomats who flew into Kabul for 48 hours to coordinate the extraction of Irish citizens and dependents. It seems the target of this particular attack, by the way, was translators, uh, and this is by ISIS, of course. Of course, Joe Biden has said that he will hunt them down. And to join me on the line, and give me a bit more information on this, Declan Power, security analyst. Good afternoon to you, Declan. Afternoon, Niall. Thanks, thanks for joining me again. I, I watched Joe Biden last night use the, that phrase, we will hunt them down, and I suddenly, it was like history repeating itself. I thought of yeah. George Bush when he said, we'll get them folks. Do you remember that after 9-11? That's right. I, I think actually George said, uh, we'll smoke them out. <laughs> Something uh, along those lines, yeah. yes. And it was kind of reminiscent. It is almost like history repeating itself, isn't it? Well, yes and no, in that, um, God, it nearly makes you pine for uh, the era of President Bush, uh, if we thought what was coming after him. Um, You know, the the irony of this is that when George Bush, and he was roundly condemned and uh, excoriated for for using the phraseology he did of the Wild West, but there was a degree of of common sense in what he was saying, and that, you know, the U.S. had been attacked, a horrendous attack. You could go into the innards of that attack as to, the the uh, um, how much the the U.S. had contributed to bringing the attack on themselves, but in the, it was a very straightforward situation. They had to respond. Uh, this had been an attack on the Western world, and that's what the context George Bush was speaking. And however, roll fast forward to where we are now. President Biden makes that statement after he has initiated, and I take no pleasure in saying this, but he initiated a process that led to the chaos that led to a very unsteady platform for his military forces to have to conduct this ad hoc uh, turn on the head of a pin operation to evacuate mm. the Afghan allies. I, 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 I did. Was, sorry to interrupt them, but there was, a, a, there was a statement there. For, Sky was watching it on Sky News there the other night, and I'm not too sure who the reporter was who was there. But he, there was obviously the scenes in the background where these kind of uh, sheets covering dead bodies. And he said, this is not a stable withdrawal. This is death. And I thought the way he said that and that line, it summed it up really. And I know General Frank McKenzie said they're now sharing information with the Taliban. The U.S. Uh, authorities are sharing information. And some attacks have been thwarted by them. So that it could be a lot worse, I suppose. Uh, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And But, you know, in, in terms of... What we're saying there about the uh, that we will we will hunt them down, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, none of this rhetoric would have been needed with a little bit of prior thought and consideration. Nobody's arguing about the pulling out of Afghanistan, but I think every listener you have there will know that it's not about that. It's about how this was done. Now, what we're looking at, we're entering into a, a what appears to be a new phase, and you could see a situation where you already had seen a situation where Western forces have been working with the Taliban or vice versa, depending on how you want to put it, uh, because it's in both their interests. And the question is, will that continue to be the case? And I, I would suggest that if the Taliban can control their people, keep bloodletting to a minimum, if they play clever, 
during this next phase of exfiltration of European and US citizens, you know, Western citizens. Uh, it's in their interest to do so. What the Taliban want to be seen as as is in control by both their internal audience and external audience. So getting the Western forces out of Kabul airport now is a priority for everybody. I mean, nobody, you know, nobody's interests are served. Any citizens that are there should be going off to shelter somewhere in place because their, their lives are just going to be put in further jeopardy. So now the next phase is, will the Taliban cooperate? Uh, will the West give the Taliban a bit of... Uh, the bit of accolade that they want as acknowledge that they are now in charge. Well, there's a suggestion they're keeping... I mean, we talked about this last week, Declan, and we thought maybe they wouldn't keep their promise, but there is a suggestion they're keeping the promise. They're allowing young girls to go back to school. They're allowing women to go back to work. But I suppose there are the hard and fast Taliban, the old schoolers who will be there, who are probably not very happy about the old traditions being broken. And then, of course, you've got uh, the Islamic State as well, ISIS there too, not very happy about this either, because they obviously wanted run their way. So there's always, there's going to be an internal fight there either way, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And what you said there, the you know, ISIS-K, ISIS-Khorasan, they are effectively the continuity Taliban. They're Taliban who broke away because they're of the same ideology. Of course they Taliban yeah. Al-Qaeda. They're all Salafist Wahhabist influenced. And the Taliban themselves originated from clerics in the madrasas inside the Pakistani border. But therein lies a, a, a clue as well. The Haqqani tribal network, which is really what forms the Taliban and, and is the tribal network that's most dominant in Afghanistan, they uh, are completely intertwined with the Pakistani Inter-Services Intelligence Organization, who funded and armed and trained and assisted and supported uh, the Taliban becoming the Taliban because it suited Pakistani geopolitical interests. So if... Uh, if this is to continue, which undoubtedly it will, because Pakistan wants a secure Taliban or a secure Afghanistan that is Taliban-led, that suits their interests. Uh, this continuity uh, Taliban, ISIS-K, they're not, they, they will be a thorn in the side, but I don't think they will have any significant ability to overturn. And the question for the West will be, who do you support now going forward? Will they? You've got the tribes up in the north, the, north, the old Northern Alliance, uh, who are far better configured to actually be a significant threat to Taliban rule, more so than I would argue ISIS-K. ISIS-K will stage spectaculars. They will, you know, car, uh, car bombs, mm-hmm. uh, suicide bombs. But as to them being a long-term threat uh, to Taliban rule, especially a Taliban that will be backed primarily by Pakistan, uh, I, I don't see that happening. So for our... So, so what's the prediction for the future? I mean, I mean, I listened to Will Geddes, who is an international security specialist there yesterday on media in the UK, and obviously his own opinions personally. Uh, he believes uh, that this could be a huge risk to America. He believes that the anniversary of 9-11 on the way, and of course 9-11 on the way itself, um, that, you know, that you could see maybe attacks in America, that America have become weak and could be seen as weak because, of course, they have withdrawn. Uh, they they are responsible for what's going on at the moment, no matter what way you kind of paint it up there and gloss it up. They are kind of responsible for what's going on at the moment. And they're now seeing as weak if they don't do something about it or act. Yeah, well, there's not a lot they can do. with them. They've, they've more or less destroyed the platforms for launching operations to contain this. But, but what what can be done now, but, and I agree with you, I think the U.S. have done huge damage to their prestige and standing around the world, just at a time when we thought we had a grown-up president who was going to undo the previous damage that had been done to their prestige and standing. Uh, and now it's been damaged in a way that has both operational and tactical significance uh, for, for their enemies. 
So what needs to happen now, I would argue, is that you know, a new detente needs to be uh, engaged in. And I think the fact that you had the director of the CIA talking to the Taliban, and I would uh, estimate that this is to do specifically with exfiltration of citizens. But the, it, it, that could continue. And also, if the states, if the United States and indeed the European Union were to engage with Pakistan, who are sort of the adults in the room, uh, as well as the Taliban, come at it from two angles to try and contain. The key objective here has to be, and uh, this might not sit well, not human rights as such, but to ensure that the Taliban are good to their word and don't allow their territory to be used for uh, attacks on the West. Uh, okay, and, okay. And, and in relation to, sorry for interrupting you again, the, yeah, the yeah, Irish okay. citizens that are currently over there at the moment, um, I suppose the 75 Irish citizens and residents who remain stranded now currently in Afghanistan and the opportunity, I suppose, to get those Irish citizens out of Kabul has effectively now closed uh, because now, of course, the airport is basically doomed at this stage. The Minister of Affairs, Simon Coveney, has said this. I mean, so are they stranded there? Are they going to end up stuck there? And what, I mean, what's, gonna, what's the future for them? Well, I'm not sure how many Irish citizens uh, were still at the airport when uh, when the pullout took place. I mean, the... Uh, the, the Ranger diplomatic team did outstandingly well uh, to get the number. They, they, like, they did make a, 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 a huge difference when they got on the ground and they unblocked whatever issues and probably physically uh, went into the crowds and pulled people out. And they, got, they got them onto a Finnish air flight. And, and this was moments, by the way, after the bomb had gone off. That's right. So, there yeah. were two flights, as I understand, but a French and a Finnish air flight. Having the wing on the ground, having the boots on the ground, and those guys who had the, the sense to read the situation and the balls to go in there and literally grab people and pull them out, but to do so in a coordinated and tactical manner made a huge difference. Having diplomats that had the guts to do something that they never signed up for, to go into harm's way like that, uh, made a considerable difference too uh, at the upper echelon uh, level on blocking things. But mm-hmm. could we do better? is the question I would ask. And I think we can. And I think we need to learn from this. We need to uh, think about going forward, there are going to be more situations where Irish citizens are going to be in parts of the world where order and cohesion break down. And absolutely top of the list should be working with partners that have much uh, greater resources. But we need to develop the lines of communication and formalize them so that we're not doing this in an ad hoc way. That's step one. Uh, So working through the European Union, working with other partners like US and UK, we know there's great goodwill to us. Uh, but ma- maintaining mm-hmm. these lines, we're very much an ad hoc kind of country. Uh, and I say that from personal experience. Now, that works well at times. But I, Not I always well, yes. I, and the I next can imagine. Step, the next step is the Rangers are the tip of the spear. There's no doubt about their professionalism and their engagement. But they're trained very specifically for uh, intervention operations. Uh, and they need appropriate support. And in any other grown-up country, the tip of the spear has an appropriate support. What's known, there is the special forces community, and then there is the special operation uh, support network. And you're talking about people who have the, who are trained soldiers, uh, 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 essentially, who are trained up to operate in support of SF, but who would have language skills, who would have soft power, communication, diplomatic skills, and a greater synergy between the Department of Foreign Affairs and the military for these type of operations. So that you would have maybe diplomats that would receive additional training because, you know, our diplomatic corps are are very adaptable, but I would argue that very few of them have the necessary training for a a long-term 
assignment of that the nature we saw and to be able to do it and to carry it out in a way that will be effective and that will be uh, less traumatic for them. And put less people obviously in danger too. But but just, just finally, Declan, before you go, in relation to what's going to happen next, I mean, obviously the deadline is Tuesday, the 31st of yeah. August. Um, and a lot of people are suggesting, well, look, we know ISIS are not just in Afghanistan. We know they're worldwide. They've sympathisers worldwide, as have the Taliban. So, do you see a situation where we could see um, an increase or we could see the return of terrorist attacks in America, in Britain, in France, which is primarily where we've seen them in the past, particularly with 9-11? Would you agree with Will Geddes that that may be a risk? Uh, yes, I think it's a risk, uh, but I think it's more of a long-term risk because I think at this, right at this point in time, I don't think uh, a lot of those organisations who would seek to do harm have the capacity to, pr- to project force uh, in that way and of that nature. However, undoubtedly, the scenes we have seen over the last few weeks will have spurred them on and will give them huge uh, incentive to, uh, to, to recreate themselves and to operationalize themselves. So the challenge for the Western world now is to acknowledge that this is a potential threat and to do everything in their power to interrupt that process. So that means not hard-edged uh, military power projection, but uh, a mixture of nuanced military security related diplomacy uh, engaging in nuanced communication and incentivizing places like afghanistan uh, and the taliban and, re- and other regimes around the world not to give safe haven okay. and uh, allow their territory be used to manifest attacks in the west listen thank you very much indeed and i appreciate you coming on the air to talk to us again declan power security analyst giving us the update on what's happening there and i know there's many people are concerned about the irish citizens who are still currently there uh, unfortunately for now Anyway, that uh, exit has ended because there is no way of getting people out at this very moment in time. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.